This is Beat 'em Down from Cult 45, the movie podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you said people going to die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. going on everybody it is time for episode number 467 of the so wizard podcast i am your host joey DiCarlo, and with me this week my co-hosts first up the expert mr mark markellis rake i have chose to accept this mission what is going on everybody welcome to the show did you really choose to accept this mission? No, I got conned into it, but I'm here. If now. you knew the, if you knew what was coming, like <laughs> almost nine years ago, would you have accepted this mission? Hell no, I would have let that shit burn. <laughs> this message was self destruct. I'm like, fine, kill it. Yeah, no more editing. <laughs> anyway, also joining us this week, we're not going to make Aubrey watch a Tom Cruise movie. We're certainly not going to make Aubrey watch a nearly three hour Tom Cruise movie. So we reached out to one of our friends in the world of podcasting, and we brought in one of the big guns. That's right, guys, from the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Kevin Guti, how the hell are you? What's going on, fellas? How is it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. See, I beat you to it. There you have it. Boom. Done. <laughs> next next question. <laughs> Perfect. And you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, it's our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But before we get into that, let's find out how the hell everyone's doing. Kevin, please tell our listeners all about your awesome show, Gutting the Sacred Cow, and how you're doing this week. Well, I'm doing fantastic, fellas, and thanks for having me on first and foremost. As I already said in my opening monologue, I'm doing well. Uh, <laughs> so what, what, what's Gutting the Sacred Cow? It is the best goddamn movie podcast, with apologies to no one, sorry, fellas, that we invite our guests, like Joey, to come on and pick a film they find overrated or hate, but... They had to try and convince us to see their argument, and the twist is this. The film must meet one of these criteria, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. So you can't come on and go, well, Friday the 13th Part 8, and it's a real piece of shit. Yeah, we know that. So we give a platform to those people with the most unpopular opinions about our most popular films ever. This coming week, upcoming week's episode, as I just uploaded a couple hours ago, is Platoon. Upcoming episodes are The Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Crow, Blazing Saddles, Shawshank Redemption, and someone has decided to attack The Godfather. Yes, friends, everyone has gotten their knives, pitchforks, tiki torches, M16s out for some of these films. Are they going to be able to convince us to see their argument? I don't know. Well, I do know a couple of them because they're already taped. But what do you think? Do you guys think that these people have the goods to do it? Other episodes, people have tried to take down sacred cows like The Dark Knight, Jaws, Back to the Future, X-Men, Days of Future Past, all three original Indiana Jones films. If you want to find out how people can hate these films, Gutting the Sacred Cow is the podcast to do that on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And, of course, when you do like us, you want know to make, you know make my day even better than it is talking to the So Wizard <laughs> podcast, fellas. 
It would be leaving a five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice just to say, hey, these guys, they're the bee's knees, and that does help us in the (laughs) algorithm. So I will thank you in advance for doing so. And I love screenshotting. Is it screenshotting or screen shooting? I don't know. We're going to figure that out. Screenshotting. Screenshotting our favorite reviews on social media and sharing them. So get creative, be fun, have fun with it, and check out Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I've been on your show twice. Uh, yes, once for Harry Potter and the, I don't remember which one it was, the first Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, and once for Mission Impossible Fallout, which is why yep. we wanted to bring you on for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning this week. Um, I love your show. Listen every week. I, I there, oh, there, thank you. there are times I am legitimately raging, screaming at the radio as I drive to work. Um, <laughs> and other times I am nodding in agreement. I'm really curious for when you guys do Rocky Horror because I... That, that's another one of those movies, much like the Avatar movies, where the theater experience is going to see the movie. If somebody just plops in the DVD, I, I couldn't even imagine your first time watching it being watching a, a very boring movie after about 35 minutes. So that's going to be an interesting You'll one. have to find out. We will. We will. But thank you for being here. Greatly appreciate it. Marcellus Reagans, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. I'm still somewhat reeling from last week's episode uh, where we watched the Neil Breen movie. I'm still kind of like wrapping my brain around what is cinema? What what does movies mean to me? Uh, what is How important is my time uh, as I sit down and watch these movies for this podcast? Uh, but I've, I've been not doing anything crazy, just getting ready to enjoy this super long Tom Cruise action movie. Uh, and knowing how Joey feels about Tom Cruise, very interested to see how this episode is going to go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will let you know, Mark, that a third Neil Breen movie has been uploaded to YouTube. So people can now check out Pass Through by Neil Breen. Um, it does have superimposed animals in it. Oh, so. okay. So you brought that back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely came back for that one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I really haven't been doing much, just a lot of work, a lot of sleep. Uh, I got a vacation coming up this weekend. My wife and I are going away to celebrate our wedding anniversary a month late. Uh, we're going to a concert. We're going to spend some time with no kids or work around. Uh, I'm pretty excited, but I do have to like absolutely murder myself for four days at work between both jobs before I can get there. So pray for me. <laughs> Pray for me. I where are you it. going? Where are you going? And who are you seeing in concert? Well, we're going uh, to stay out near Boston. There is a venue that's now called the Xfinity Center, but it used to be called Great Woods when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So we all still call it Great Woods. Uh, and we're don't laugh. We're going to see Brett Michaels Party Gras tour. Oh, oh my God. It's a uh, Some... start. <laughs> it's someone hates free time and money. It's got Starship with one original member um, (laughs) who might be like a roadie at this point. I don't know. Um, Night Ranger, the lead singer of Sugar Ray. uh, Mark McGrath? Yes. (laughs) Some guy who was in Journey in between Steve Perry and the Filipino guy and Brett Michaels. Wow. And at what what state fair are you seeing them at? (laughs) It, it's it's not a state fair, but it's pretty close. So we're uh, we're pretty excited. Even if we've seen Brett Michaels in Poison a million times, so we know they're going to put on a good show, and uh, the people watching should be worth the price of admission alone. So I lay the odds at minus seventy five thousand. He has on a straw cowboy hat. 
<laughs> I don't think he owns anything else but straw cowboy hats. So, um, I, I feel pretty confident with your bet there. So, but that's Excellent. it. That's, that's, you know, what's going on with us, you know, nothing too exciting this week. We're going to, uh, you know, talk just a little bit more about us. Marcellus Reagans, please tell the listeners where they can find more. So was her podcast. All right, so everybody can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, You can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. That's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars podcast and network. Back to you, Joey. A podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long time, and I've been working on it for a while, okay? Okay, so (laughs) it's time for us to jump into our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. As always, we're going to start with non-spoiler talk. Talk a little bit about how we feel about the franchise, our experience going to the movie theater, and what we thought about the movie. Then uh, it'll be time for you, if you haven't seen it yet, to bounce. The rest of you stick around because we'll drop the drop, delineating the spoilers, and we'll talk a little more in depth about the film. But to get started, I think I know the answer to this question for both of you. But Kevin, are you a big fan of this franchise? What kind of stupid fucking question is that? Of course I'm a huge fan of this pot, of this <laughs> franchise. Are you serious? Even yes. part two. You know what? Funny you say that. Actually, yes. I like part two. I understand why everyone hates it. I get it. It doesn't draw my ire as 90% of the other people out there. I get it. I like it, but I I understand the hate for it. Awesome. Awesome. What's your favorite movie out of the whole thing, though? Fallout? Uh, yeah, it's Fallout. I, 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 and I cannot believe I'm sitting here saying that a part six of a franchise is the best one of them all. <laughs> that is shocking. That kid, that is very shocking. But there are people that prefer uh, Return of the Jedi over uh, the rest of Star Wars. So no, that's just happen. silly. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen. Mark Ellis Reagans, I know your answer to this question, but go ahead. Yes, I love this franchise. Uh, I love all of the movies so far. And yeah, I am a a big fan of part two. Again, I can understand why people don't like it, but I am also a huge John Woo fan. So anytime John Woo gets behind a camera, uh, especially in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, then I'm all for it. So yeah, I'm a big fan of what Tom Cruise has been able to, to put together with this Mission Impossible franchise. 
the last true movie star, Tom Cruise. <laughs> sure. He is the best action hero in the last 25 years. I dare anyone to try and combat that that statement. Jason Statham? Nope. Not even close. Keanu Reeves? <laughs> close, but not yeah. enough. The Rock. No, stop it. This is a conversation of adults. Go ahead. Someone, someone say Vin Diesel. I need a good chuckle. Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, I would say, is the closest by far. John Wick, the one through four. and uh, But then you also have to count the other matrices, matrices, to be grammatically correct. But other than that, Cruz is nothing but action films, and he does them very well. And Keanu Reeves is pretty much... You know, just John Wick, like you said. I mean, the other two Matrixes aren't exactly beloved, but Tom Cruise is able to pull it in no matter what the subject matter, even if it's I, La Momia. I I, uh, I can't believe I have to correct you on this. It's not two other right. Matrixes, <laughs> Matrix films. It's three yes. other <laughs> Matrix films that were just hot garbage. I tried to forget the third one. It was my worst movie of the year that year. So. I tried to put it out of my brain, but I guess we're just gonna really even that 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 was uh, I I think it might have been the Sopranos one for me because I think they came out about in weeks of each other. Yeah, I didn't watch that because I've never watched the Sopranos. So, oh boy, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I'm, as for myself, I'm not going to say I'm a big fan of this franchise. I remember seeing the first one and the second one in the theater. Uh, and the second one left a really bad taste in my mouth because I was a big John Woo guy and uh, it was just really bad. So after that, I just said, eh, no, thanks. I don't really like Tom Cruise all that much. So I didn't watch another one until Mark, you made me watch part three. Yes, that's correct. OK. And then, Kevin, you made me watch part six. <laughs> I would say I open your eyes to cinematic greatness is what I did. <laughs> Not make you watch part six. It was OK. <laughs> wow it was all right <laughs> someone is high on some kind of uh medication i don't want to advocate but that or he's just eager he's just angrily anticipating tomorrow monday morning being an hr fella that's what he's that's, <laughs> that's why right. he's so that's why he's so grumpy because fallout is just cinematic platinum not gold platinum it's time to fire some people that's all i gotta say rolling up my sleeves <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know, we all headed out to the movies to see this Mission Impossible movie. Uh, movies have been hit or miss going to the movies, uh, the way people behave, the way things happen. Kevin, how was your trip to the movies to see Mission Impossible? No traffic. Pretty good. <laughs> no one in the theater being crazy, wild, easy day. No, I went. I cut out of work early to go see this. That's how excited I was. So, no, <laughs> no, no, no one up there getting rambunctious or yelling out shit. Then again, I go to the movies uh, usually on off times i'll just say that so that way though that contingent of people who don't have respect for other people there they're not there thank god <laughs> especially for three hours in the movie theater Marcellus reagan's what about you yeah i was very excited to go see this movie because i know it came out early for some reason they didn't drop it on like a normal thursday night i feel like they did like a. I know they did an advanced showing on a monday and then i think it came out like on Tuesday or Wednesday, right after that. Yeah, so, Tuesday was like the Thursday of right. this movie. Yeah, so basically this movie played like every day this past week. And the whole week I'm like, I need to go see this movie ASAP. So I didn't get a chance to go see it until uh, Saturday. And, you know, I feel like I can usually tell like how busy or how big the box office is going to be whether I can get a ticket for it on Saturday. Like if I wake up Saturday morning and I go to get a ticket for 
any showing that day. If I'm able to get a ticket, the movie's probably not going to make that much money that weekend um, at the big theater, the big fancy theater that we have around here. Uh, and sure enough, uh, the <laughs> the big uh, Cinemark XD screen, which is like the biggest screen, the best sound, still seats available. Uh, but I went to one that was a little bit earlier. Uh, plenty of seats available on a Saturday afternoon. And now it could be because the movie was playing all week. Everyone that really wanted to see it already saw it, but I was surprised that I was able to get the seats. Uh, and I wanted to get those. I wanted to go to that particular theater because I know the movie was three hours long <laughs> and I wanted to sit in the most comfortable seat possible. Uh, as much as I want to support other theaters, you know, sitting in those uncomfortable seats for three hours is not, it's not the jam. Um, but yeah, the crowd was nice. Uh, no big deals. There was one guy sitting a couple of seats over that <laughs> had a nice little nap a couple of times during the movie, so I could. How <laughs> I could hear. How him are you napping during the mission? That's impossible. Oh, it's not mission. It's not impossible. It's mission impossible. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's that's insane. How you can nap this? Uh, whatever. Please, yeah, I'm starting to interrupt. A, Go ahead. On a Saturday evening, like prime time movie watching time, and a couple of times you could just hear. <sighs> <laughs> like oh, it's crazy! This poor dude. So uh, yeah, other than that, popcorn was five out of five. Everything was uh, a okay. Wow, it's falling asleep in the movie theater. It's crazy. I, I've only done that once in my life, and that was during uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Mine. Was, I fell asleep. Marky Mark was running around and yelling with Transformers. I woke up. Marky Mark was running around and yelling with Transformers. I don't think I missed a damn thing in the movies. <laughs> Not at all. I fell asleep during. Nope. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> when uh, we first started dating, my wife and I went to see the movie Johnny Mnemonic, starring Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Just talking. Um, she fell asleep within 10 minutes of the movie starting and snored through the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did she wake up when you laughed her balls off at the guy was uh, trying to talk to a whale in a tank? <laughs> no. She didn't wake up for anything until I finally woke, woke her up when it was over. And she's the like, oh. sound The soundtrack is banging, though. You can say that about a lot of movies. Judgment Night, yep. uh, The Crow yeah. 2. Yep. <laughs> the Crow went into it. Blade. Blade, yep. yeah. Hackers, Hackers, by the way. That's my all-time, I think my all-time favorite sound. They did like three variations of it. It's a lot. If you like electronic music, that is your jam. Singles had a fantastic soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Not that great a movie. But I headed out to the movies. Uh, and so once again, guys, it was a late night Saturday <laughs> movie for me. Uh, I had stuff to do during the day on Saturday. Got it all done. Uh, took a nap. So I wasn't asleep <laughs> in the movie theater, Mark. And I headed out to a 10, 10 p.m. showing of Mission <laughs> oh, Impossible, which uh, was fine. There were a couple people. I got there early because I always get there early. I got uh, my snacks. I sat down. Um, there was no one there. And I was like, man, is there really going to be nobody in the, I'm like, I was imagining the employees were like, all right, nobody bought a ticket to right. any of the movies. We can go home. And then I showed up at like 10, 10 and be like, nope, you're staying till one 30 in the morning. <laughs> right. But a couple other people showed up. Um, they were all quiet. No, no issues. There was some new, uh, newbie content, Mark Ellis. I don't know if you got that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I missed all of the newbie stuff. We got there. We, we honestly got there like, like 20 minutes after the start time, and there were still like 10 minutes of trailers left. They uh, they have new content for it. I, I thought they were had gone bankrupt, I remember reading online, but apparently they filmed new stuff, and uh, Mariana Menounos laughs like a dolphin at least five times oh, in the new footage. So. Damn it. <laughs> Some guy that she's interviewing from TikTok doesn't know like sports movies, and she keeps going, ah! 
the whole time. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. The craziest part was getting out of the movies at one in the morning. And then I was walking out to my car and it's just like dead silent. <laughs> There's no cars anywhere. I'm like, oh, this is kind of scary. But other than that, it was fine. So, you know, that was it. That was our trip to the movies. Now, the most important part are non-spoiler impressions of this movie. Marcellus Reagan's lay it on us. What'd you think? I enjoyed this movie. I really did. The only trick about this movie is that it is the seventh one. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of it's a kind of a high bar to to cross over because they've done so well, like in all the other movies. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed all of the the Mission Impossible staples that are in every single movie. I don't think the story quite captivated me and it could be because this is part one uh could be because more of the the really good stuff is coming in the next movie uh but you know as a mission impossible fan as a mission impossible you know connoisseur who enjoyed like all the other ones i think this one is a great borderline great mission impossible movie all right all right kevin non-spoiler What did you think? Mission can Impossible you, Dead Reckoning. Can you believe the way that uh, Ethan Hunt dies by the same way Michael Hutchins from NXS went out? Aha, <laughs> just kidding. I had to get a chuckle with that one. Dark. That's how Listen. I felt uh, watching this <laughs> Him and David Carradine, they went out the same way. It's hilarious. <laughs> this film, I, this is why Tom Cruise continues to be a genius. Four, five, and six are the best Mission Impossibles, and anyone worth their salt is going to agree with that statement. They're all heavily action-based, but a pretty solid plot backing up, backing it up. This one, not as action-based, and by action-based, I mean ass-beating. Not a lot of ass-beating in that. There's a few scenes, there's a f- knife fight in the bridge, there's a final fight in the end, not spoiling anything there. It's more plot-driven and and very heavy on the espionage. But again, Cruz being the genius he is, it works. It flows. You met it and said it before a million times, Joey. It is almost a three-hour film. How many times did I look at my watch? Zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the key. Pulp Fiction, one of my all-time favorite films. It's two hours and 40 minutes. Great. I, I don't mind long movies at all as long as they flow. And this flowed brilliantly. Never, never a dull spot. Never a, uh, come on, bring it home. <laughs> nope. Nope. So less on the action, more on the plot and more head, way more espionage. And you felt a lot more stakes than you do in some of the other ones. You really felt the, 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 the gravity of the situation and how they take something brand new, like AI and what's going on with chat GPT and everything else and putting its own twist on it. I mean, we had AI with Terminator two and Terminator and all that stuff and a million other films, but this is a very different take and I was all in from jump. So no surprise. This film is fantastic. Even being a first part of, a, of obviously of a, of a, of a two parter, I was like, all right, this is going to be, I have to give some leeway here. There was little like, uh, I love how they ended it, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, I am the resident Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible hater mm-hmm. uh, here, so I guess I have to give my opinion, and to no one's surprise, um, I actually kind of like this movie. 
kind of liked it. All right. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, actually. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not um, over the hill about it. And we got to get into spoilers to really talk about some of the th- reasons I was kind of down a little bit. But for the most part, I was shockingly surprised that, like Kevin said, it's it's almost three hours long. It goes by really fast. I wasn't checking my phone. I wasn't checking my watch. Um, I, there was never a moment where I felt like there was a lull in the movie or I was kind of rolling my eyes being like, why is this three hours long? We could have cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here. No, I never felt that at all throughout the movie. Uh, it definitely earns the runtime. Uh, it's it, it had a lot of cool set pieces and, and I just I just enjoyed watching it. I had a good time watching it. And I I agree with you also, Kevin. I thought the villain was uh, was something different that we kind of hadn't seen a ton of. And we can't really get into that without spoiling it. But um, before in movies, it just it was interesting. I had a good time watching it. I was really surprised. I was expecting to be like, I hate this movie. It sucks. Screw Tom Cruise, blah, blah, blah the whole time. And I, and I had a good time. So, you know, it sounds like uh, two huge thumbs up and one almost thumbs up ish from the three of us, which is uh, usually a good sign. So, Markellis, the only thing left to do is to spoil this movie. Please drop the drop and let's spoil Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Part one. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Uh, Markellis Reagans, things that you liked about the movie. I liked the opening scene. I thought the the big submarine scene that had nothing to do with with Ethan Hunt or uh, the the Impossible Mission Force. Uh, I thought that was actually done really well. It, It had... You know, some really good suspense and it really kind of uh, it was a nice entryway into the story that they were going to be unfolding. So I thought that opening scene was great. I thought Haley Atwell was fantastic in this movie. She's so she has such a good screen presence and her character was written well. She was able to, to balance a lot of different things. And I, you know, I was in in the film. I was on the ride with her. I enjoy I really enjoyed her performance in this. Uh, I thought Isai Morales was great. Uh, it was nice to see him back on a big screen. Uh, he didn't really have like a lot to to really, I don't know, like really do like physically. But his presence, you know, that when he came onto the scene, that you know it was just going to be bad news. So I really liked his intimidating villain presence without being like super over the top, like um, some of the past villains. Uh, I liked him. Obviously, the set pieces are amazing. I thought the train set piece was fantastic. I thought the car chase scene, uh, especially in a little yellow car, I thought that was actually really funny. And I thought the um, the sequence in the beginning at the airport with Benji uh, and the bomb, with Luther trying to help Ethan get the key or do the setup for the key, but also trying to help Benji defuse a bomb and how these different plots are like all going at the same time. Uh, I thought that was written very well and I thought it was edited very well and I like that it's it's a part one but it doesn't feel like a cliffhanger like the it doesn't feel like like uh you know the screen goes to black and you're like oh like I feel like you got a complete story a complete ride a complete beginning to this big epic story uh, I didn't feel like um like disappointed when it went to credit. So I thought they did a really good job, especially in the summer of part one, quote unquote, part one movies. This is the one where I'm like, I feel completely satisfied at the end of this part one. And I'm looking forward to part two and not like a cliffhanger ending. So uh, yeah, those are all the things that I liked about it. Awesome. All right, Kevin, the floor is yours. 
continue to gush over this movie. The end and gush I shall. The ending is fantastic. I completely agree with everything he has just said. Uh, I, I will yes and you. They didn't do, and I, and I wanted to jump in, but I said, ah, fuck it, I'll save that point for me. I'm glad they didn't do an end game ending where it's like, ah, everyone's dead. Ha <laughs> See you next, uh, right. see you next summer, suckers. Ethan no. Hunt will return. <laughs> right. <You> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I liked the, cha- the train. Listen, the train scene bonkers, but you're not going, oh, enough. That doesn't happen, which is something I scream on my podcast all the time. There's a lot. There's a it, it very well bordered on that doesn't happen with that final where they're all dangling and all that such. I dug that. I knew they were going to kill somebody, and I was damn right. I knew they were going to kill uh, Ilsa Faust. I just it had someone has to go. You can't have the the the, the franchise wrap up with everyone still alive. I won't be surprised if Benji Luther or even uh, Ethan Hunt eat a bullet in the end. It was weird though seeing Carrie Elway's and this to go. Wait, what? This is <laughs> yeah, goddamn Robin Hood men in tights. Here he is, and then it, it got a little. Confused. Like, wait, why is he here? Why? And, and by the way, I like how they dug out what's his face, um, Henry Zerny, uh, Henry Zerny's character from Mission Impossible One. He comes back, but what about Renner? I mean, Renner, they just left him alone for after four and five, and didn't bring him back for six. But I mean, they're not going to have him come back for part two or seven. I don't know. I'm just, I don't think he can walk right now, though. That's a problem. <laughs> well, the good news is there's a strike going on, so he has all the time in the world to heal up. So get better, Jen, Jeremy Renner. We could see that little five foot five body of yours <laughs> flip around for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part Two. What else was was good about it? Yeah, like you said, the villain scene and you knew some shit was going down when he popped up the uh what's her name Haley atwell the uh, the, the, the 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 pickpocket if you want to call her that as well as other things mm-hmm. enjoyed that everything just moved cruise keeps things moving he keeps you engaged but it's never cheap like hey look over here and then ha ha here's my here are the dangling keys you're looking for or whatever it's all in front of you, it's all smartly done. It's all entertaining. He kept that up. The one thing, I, and again, I appreciate him throwing a curveball. Every Mission Impossible film opens up with an insane five to ten minute opening with a with a stunt. You're like, holy shit! This one, nope. Just straight like, all right, all exposition. Here's the sub. It sank because AI, uh, you know, screwed around with it, blew up the sub, sinks. Then they're in the airport. Da 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 da. But nothing insane like crews jumping out of a plane or scaling a building or anything like crazy like that in the opening yep. scene. Nice change of pace. A little surprise, but nonetheless, I, I like the gamble. So that's uh, those are opening thoughts. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, not a big fan of the franchise. Was Isai Morales in on one of the other movies? No, no. This is his first time. What was he doing in the flashback then? Uh, that will be explained in part two. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I was like, I don't, I just was looking through his letterbox and I'm like, he was in, in another mission impossible movie, but he wasn't never back down. No surrender. So, um, you know, that's, that's good of him. Uh, so first things first, Tom Cruise has fantastic taste in women because this movie is filled with smoking hot chicks. Uh, Haley Atwell is so hot. It's at times distracting to the movie. Um, Rebecca Ferguson is 11 out of 10, in my opinion. I love Vanessa Kirby and uh, Palm 
I don't know, the Mantis. <laughs> it's also smoking hot. So I was like, good job, Tom Cruise. Just you think Vanessa, hold on, I'm sorry to interrupt. You think Vanessa Kirby's hot? I don't. She looks like Lady Gaga's second cousin stunt double. Well, I mean, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. It's the same. I think she's fourth out of four in this movie, but you know. no, I get that. I get that. But if like, if you're saying hot, like, I agree with you on all the other ones wholeheartedly, but this one, she's like, she's solid. Like, but it, it, I, I kind of put her in a, not in that cute, like Anna Kendrick category, but like attractive, but not hot, like hot. All those other ones. Sure. Salma Hayek hot, but she's not hot. We're going to have to agree to disagree on that. That's one. fair. That's fair. <laughs> she looks like she smells good. At least um, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I did love the uh, different set pieces. I thought all the set pieces were awesome. I really liked the train one at the end. Um, and it's hard to top. We just watched Extraction 2, which has a crazy train sequence. And I thought this was right up there with it. Um, obviously not all done in one shot, but it was pretty interesting. The fight on the bridge was great. There's a lot of Tom Cruise running in this. That's what he does. Buddy, have you not seen a Tom Cruise movie before? <laughs> God bless him for being in great shape. Uh, there, that one part where the two agents are looking for him, they're like, where is he in this airport? And in the background, <laughs> you could just see him running outside in the windows. I was dying. I'm like, he's fucking running again. Tom Cruise is running again. God damn it. Uh, and like I said, uh, non-spoiler, the villain being AI was I at first I was just like, oh boy, because like how you can't fight that, right? You can't like fist fight it. But I think they did a good job of making it seem intimidating and a thing that is a big threat. Uh, and he had uh, Isai Morales to fight at times. So, you know, that works. That works. And uh, man, just the uh, the espionage parts I thought were awesome, too, because uh, th- like you said, there's not crazy action in this one like there is in fallout where like fallout seemed like more of just a balls out action movie and almost a lot of tom cruise ego stroking um he felt like more of it felt like more of ethan hunt is a character not tom cruise is in a movie doing crazy stunts even though we did get crazy stunts um like the one that's been in a million trailers and imax things and whatnot for the last like six months we did get those but uh, I, I, it felt more like a movie and not a Tom Cruise, um, demo reel. I did love when they're on the train and he fucking comes flying through the wall <laughs> on the parachute. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, we've seen this, this stunt a million times now in the commercials and, and all these featurettes and like, we've never seen him land. Right. So, <laughs> like, what is he going to do? Um, and he, his landing actually had me guffaw in the movie theater. So I thought that was great. Um, okay. yeah. I just, you know, just a big fan of a lot of this movie. I just thought it was really well done. Um, poor Rome, though, Mark. This is the second movie this summer where uh, people are driving cars all over the stairs in Rome. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it's 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 beautiful to look at. I do love the uh, scenes of just Tom Cruise looking out over Rome for uh, even though he's wanted for murder, he still finds time <laughs> to just pause in front of this beautiful looking building. Uh, I, I in my mind about. Two blocks away, Vin Diesel is on another roof looking out at Tom Cruise. Uh, as, it's like, as goes Rome, <laughs> so goes the world. <laughs> as Nero played his fiddle, Rome burned. Family. That's right. That's right. <laughs> By the way, I, I believe those were the Spanish steps he was going down. I've been to Rome, and I'm pretty sure that those are the Spanish steps. Are they still standing at this point after Tom Cruise and Vin Diesel have driven down them? <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'm sure Tom Cruise, what he made this weekend from in the film, will be uh, just throwing them the check going, here you go. Knock it out in a weekend, guys. Good on you. Later. 
<laughs> that's what he does. He's Tom Cruise. Um, yeah, he was he was good in this, I think. A um, couple times, though, you could kind of see in his face he's getting a little old. Mm-hmm. But Father Time's undefeated comes for all of us. I, 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 I definitely uh, enjoyed the majority of this movie. But there has to be things we didn't like. Marcellus Reagans, is there anything you did not like about this movie? Yeah, I as much as I will agree, I did not look at my watch during a whole runtime of the movie. I do feel that some of those scenes were a little bit padded. Uh, as much as I enjoyed that car chase scene, it seemed to go on a little bit too long, like a hair too long. And not that I wanted it to wrap up, but you know, we I don't know, it seemed like it could have been trimmed down somehow. I don't think we needed all of that. I liked uh, Palm Mantis's character, uh, Paris. Uh, I liked when she was on the when she was on the screen, but I don't feel like she really. I don't think her character had like that deep of an arc. I don't think I was connected to her to that character. And then when she kind of flips at the end, it just seemed odd. Like she was like a, a Terminator killing machine, and then at the end, all of a sudden, she has like a heart, or she's I don't know. It, that seemed a little. That didn't ring a completely true for me. The algorithm predicted it, Mark. Uh, sure, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It knew uh, the algorithm watched every Mission Impossible movie before <laughs> this happened and was like, I think she's going to turn good. <laughs> AI, artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> it's love is real, but it is not. <laughs> so, you know, there was I, I love the, the two agents that were chasing Tom Cruise through the entire movie. I like when they had that kind of face to face where he's like, all right, do I shoot Ethan because he's right in front of me or do I shoot this? killer that's trying to kill everyone so i like that kind of moment but it was funny that the movie started off with like 20 agents chasing them and then by the time you get to the end it's only two <laughs> like what happened to the other agents did he they just quit they're like ah, we're we're tired of rome we're going home we're, we're done with this they weren't gonna ride around the top of a train that's a lot of work <laughs> uh, sign up for that and i did like i like having K- kittrick back in the mix uh, i really like this character from the first movie I'm glad that they found a way to get him into this movie. Uh, but I thought, again, his scenes were just a little too padded. Like, I feel like there were, there needed to be a little bit more trimming done regarding his scenes because he gives a lot of exposition. And maybe that's maybe that's the script's, the script's problem. They have to give this exposition and they have to give it to him. I wish that some of that was trimmed down as much as I like seeing him back in there. But other than that, yeah, I don't really have too many other problems. This is... This is the second, for some reason, this is the second movie where an aging action star teams up with a British, a young British girl to go find two halves of a, uh, a MacGuffin uh, that has a fight <laughs> on top of a train. Like, hmm, I'm, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the only things that I, I didn't like about it. Awesome. All right. Kevin, was there anything you didn't like about this movie? I did want a little more action as what I'm used to with these Mission Impossible films. I was I was just like, yeah, needed. I wanted and, and I blame really Fallout. I mean, Fallout gave us like five batshit crazy scenes and coming off that high, you need to at least you know, maintain it. But I said, OK, I can understand they're going for a different uh, angle. We don't need five action scenes like got crazy. We got a little bit with the train. Uh, but I wanted a little more in that regard. I like, I agree with you. They, I, I like what they're doing with Kittredge too. I don't know. I don't think it was as pat as you think. I think, I think they did a, a pretty good job giving you enough without going overboard. But what, what didn't I like? I, 
I felt that the French assassin was very John Wick two ish. You know, the, the girl, the, the the mute who doesn't talk, and there's a sign language. She's she's deaf. What am I saying? Mute. She's a sign language. That was very similar. Very mm-hmm. similar. Very also predictable. Like I, he's not going to kill her in that alleyway. He's not going to kill her. And then of same course, thing with them, same thing with the meeting in the nightclub too. That was very John Wick. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. So and then again, you're like, well, he's not going to kill her. So this means that they're going to do a a, a a Vader not killing Luke thing later on. Watch, ready and <laughs> Yahtzee. So I mean, that's that was as as predictable as it got. Uh, as well as again killing Ilsa Faust. I said, well, that that's going to happen. So those are the two. Like, all right. I mean, I figured it out, but it wasn't as just you know in front of your face. You know, it's going to happen. And ah, oh, see, trying to yank the rug out from under you, but doing it in the worst possible manner. So, I mean, I really walked out of there with, with, with not a long laundry list or really any kind of list except for those two things. And that's even really a bit, a bit nitpicky on my part. I thought, I thought, I thought it was a pretty well edited, smooth overall story, uh, from top to bottom. So not really much to, uh, to, to kvetch about. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I do have a couple complaints. <laughs> you don't say. My first one being, why did they kill off Rebecca Ferguson? It had to, you know, kill that. off Haley Atwell or something. Kill off anyone else. Kill off Ving Rams. Anybody? <laughs> Don't kill. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back on this. Scream did it the best because it's like we, you, we've had these this franchise going for so long. We have to have someone uh, in the main circle die, right. and that's what they did. Because again, if Ethan Hunt's gonna be, you know, bulletproof Superman, fine. And who knows, he's gonna die at the end of part two, but. You can't have this circle constantly dodging every single knife fight, bullet, explosion without any repercussions whatsoever. And this was the perfect time to do it and the perfect person to do it, too. It just pisses me off because she's hot. So fair. <laughs> and she had that awesome scene in the sandstorm where she's uh, sniping guys. So that was that was pretty cool. Why would what, but like that's such a, a an indulgent like Mission Impossible action scene where. It's just like, not only are we in the desert, but now there's a sandstorm going on as well. (laughs) But it was awesome. I'm just saying. Um, My other complaint is that Tom Cruise really goes for it with Haley Atwell's character, um, Grace. Like he is all about, I know she has the key, right? Right. But he's also like, she has to be part of the team and I'm going to save her and I won't let anything happen to you and blah, blah, blah. He just met her like an hour ago. Why is why is he so obsessed with her other than she's like smoking hot? <laughs> that's that's Ethan's character. That's who he is. He's always going to put the people that are on the mission with him. He's always going to put them first, which is yeah. why he's the one who's diving, you know, diving off of cliffs and hanging onto the side of planes. And Benji is not. He's going to do what he can to help the person, the other person that's on his team. And he's also not going to incorporate the likes of like a Melissa McCarthy to be part of IMF because you're right. It's got to be Vegas nine and a half and above. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, look what Captain America did for those big ass titties in the Avengers movies. So, I mean, Jeez. oh, you know, I can't really blame Ethan Hunt at that point. You know? No, sir. <laughs> But that's really about it. I mean, I didn't really have too many complaints about this movie at all, which is really weird because uh, I thought I would have a lot more complaints about this movie. But uh, cool action sequences, uh, hot chicks, uh, you know, quick, long runtime that went by quick. I mean, not really much to complain about. Uh, Kevin, out of all the action sequences in this movie, which one was your favorite? Which one stood out the most? I mean, I got to go over them, you know, 
out loud to try and see. I mean, you yes, had, the, had night, the, the knife fight on the bridge. The sandstorm. The sandstorm. I mean, that was that was lesser, uh, lesser tiered. I'll, I'll, I'll use that term. The knife fight in the bridge stood out. Then I would say, what was after? I mean, my God, I'm already <laughs> blanking. The stunt Car driving. Choice. Yeah, I do you call that. I mean, the stunt driving. Eh, okay. Good. Funny, too. Then they were, what else did he do? Is that it for action? Did he just go right to the train and go through all that? I can't yeah, even remember. Yeah, the train and I think like the the, the, hell, the, the jump off the motorcycle, obviously. Right. Yeah, and then like the um, I don't know if I really consider that an action scene, but a lot of the like running around the airport with a bomb and stuff. Nah, not really. That's yeah. Home Alone. That's Home Alone. Is that an action yeah. film? No, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so again, not again. Back to my point. Not many action scenes. So I guess the de facto winner is the train scene. Obviously. Awesome. Mark Ellis. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I actually really did like the 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 lead up of him showing up to rescue her, uh, rescue uh, Grace. He's like, I'm the lawyer, and you know, he tried to tries to escape, uh, get her out, and her consistent way of trying to escape him. I thought that whole cat and mouse thing with him uh, when he drives the motorcycle into the uh, the two guys like outside of the car, uh, I thought was really cool. So That's that whole, that whole sequence I thought was was enjoyable her handcuffing him to the car uh inside of the train station like all up until that point i thought was enjoyable i will say my least favorite action scene is the the fight in the alleyway between uh mantis and some random dude like if 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 the ai is going to trick ethan hunt into being into basically a you know a box where the villains can get to him why don't they just shoot him why did they not bring guns why are they going to like go hand to hand against this guy in this really small alleyway? So that part annoyed the hell out of me. Okay. All right. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm probably going to go for the knife fight on the bridge. But I I, I mean, I got to agree with Kevin, too. The the train sequence is pretty freaking awesome. Even though there's not a ton of action in it, uh, like you would think like gun fights and stuff. There's a lot of stuff falling and crashing and jumping around. And, and I thought that was pretty cool too. So I'm going to go with the knife fight, but the train is a very, very close second. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like we all pretty much love this movie. The only thing left to do, the only thing is to give it a score from zero to five, five being the best and zero being the worst. Kevin, what do you got for mission impossible? Dead reckoning part one. Oh, I don't like your one to five scale. It's so limiting. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I I gave it out on, on on Facebook and other people. I do a one to ten. So I guess I'll have to do the math on this. So viewers is one to five. I gave it an eight and a half. So I guess that'd be a four and a quarter. Yeah. For this film. Four and a quarter, four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Thought it was fantastic. And the next question I'm sure you're going to ask is where does this rank? I don't know. I need to see it again to really get it uh, to figure out where it, it stands in the rankings of the other six films. But I would probably say, and I love four, five, and six. I got to figure out: does it crack that top three? I don't know. I got again, got to watch it again. But my first initial gut reaction is no, it's right outside. So I think right now, it would be the fourth best one for me. Okay, Marcellus Reagans. Yeah, for this one again, the other ones are so good. Uh, this one doesn't quite get to that level but again it might be because it's a part one uh, so for this one i'm giving it a four out of five um, I'm, I'm hoping that i'll watch part two and then reevaluate my score okay um i'm gonna be at a three and a half out of five that's fair which seems low you guys i'm sure are angry seems no, low no, no, no. but uh 
for me, for a Mission Impossible movie, that's actually pretty high. So <laughs> I was I, I, I was expecting a, a one and a half, especially when the movie started and it's all about AI. I'm like, Joey's not going to be able to control himself in this movie. He's going to hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm probably at a three and a half. I'm probably more towards a 3.75, but I try to keep things within the letterbox ratings that uh, we have to post. So uh, probably about a three and a half, 3.75. I'm definitely going to watch the second one. And I've only seen one, two, three, and six. So uh, I thought this was better than all of those. So. <laughs> I, you're, four and it's so funny to have that scene. Four and five, four and five are so goddamn great. That's where the syndicate comes in. You got Alec Baldwin in there as well. So that's uh, and Renner. So those are the ones I think that are the missing keys to this uh, fine franchise. Do the keys click together? We have to chest them first. Um, <laughs> I, I, I might go back and watch those now. I got to be honest with you. I'm slowly letting go of my Tom Cruise hatred. Uh, and I appreciate him as the last true movie star. So uh, that's it. That's our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. Hit us up on social media and let us know what you think. And now we are going to wrap it up before we tap it up. And we're going to get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Kevin, tell them once again where they can find your amazing podcast, Gutting the sacred cow and give us a recommendation for the listeners oh my god gutting the sacred cow youtube podcast everywhere apple spotify oh my god the list goes on so many but listen type it in on our website we give you all the links to click on it but not hard to find the best movie review movie debate podcasts out there where the guests can pick a film they find overrated or hate that has to meet one of our criteria and again, some of our favorite episodes. I mean, I got to think about this for a second. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, oh, wow. my One of my favorite ones with Dave Landau. He does a great job with Philadelphia as well as Goodwill Hunting. He kills it. As well as our live shows we did where we actually watched the movies in the theater and then had an immediate episode take place thereafter. That being with Bill and Joanne from the morning show, Karate Kid and Office Space. Those two are gold. I can't gold. imagine people not liking those movies, so that's crazy to me. Well, listen and you'll hear why. And of course, you get to hear everyone every year I sit behind the gutter's chair as well as Kevin Israel. We pick a film and we sit in that gutter's chair. I sat and decided to explain why A Christmas Story is an egregious turd as well as The Princess Bride. So you can hear us try and take apart those films that people love as well. Something to watch. Welp, I will tell you the American Gladiators documentary on Netflix is fantastic, as is the 30 for 30 that was on ESPN not too long ago. Those are going to be pretty. Those were pretty solid. I can tell you what not to watch, and that's the last Guy Ritchie film, Operation Ruse, Chum de Guerre, or whatever it was called. <laughs> wow. Did you guys see that or not? No. <laughs> yeah, he's really lost his fastball. I mean, Lockstock, fantastic. Snatch, fantastic. And then, kids, that is the beginning of a precipitous nosedive for Guy Ritchie. That's I understand some when, uh, when you marry Madonna, that's what happens. Aww. Well, then he, he snapped out of it and then uh, still hasn't gotten back. Some people like the gentleman. I thought, eh. And I also just watched Creed 3. I was very unimpressed. I thought it was very, eh, very paint by the numbers. Was not impressed with Creed 3 one bit. I hated how they did not have any mention of rocking it whatsoever. Dumb. What the hell was the Guy Ritchie movie with um, Jason Statham where he robs like a uh, armored car place? It just came out like two years ago, a year ago. Oh, oh wait, you know what? I take it back. That was good. The Wrath of Man is yeah. good. 
It just didn't like feel that. like a Guy Ritchie movie. Like it was just like an action movie. Like it yeah, didn't have a lot good. of flourish to it. But it was it was better. It was better than his mo- yeah, usual yeah. stuff. So awesome. Well, that is a lot of stuff for people to check out. Marcellus Reagans, how about you? Yeah, I want to recommend the first Mission Impossible movie. It is streaming on Pluto TV. I rewatched it uh, recently, and you know it's it's strange. Back in '95 when uh, it came out. You know, I enjoyed it. I like Brian De Palma as a film director. I know that he was, you know, he borrowed a lot from Hitchcock. But watching it now, like after I've become like a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan and I've watched most of his movies, watching the first Mission Impossible now, it's like, oh, this is straight up Hitchcock. And it's fantastic. Uh, you know, it doesn't have the action. It doesn't have the the big stunts that the later movies has. But it is a solid spy thriller mystery uh, that's beautifully shot. So uh, yeah, if you if it's been a while since you've seen it, if you want to see how we got to part seven of Tom Cruise riding a bike off of a cliff, uh, <laughs> definitely check out Mission Impossible One, directed by Brian De Palma, streaming on Pluto. And I will say also that after you do rewatch Mission Impossible, Dan Bova came on our podcast to explain why Mission Impossible is not as great as we remember it. <laughs> well, as 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 someone who just recently watched it, it's much better than I than I enjoyed it. Uh, back in the day. So I disagree. Uh-oh. All right. Fight. All right. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I saw it in the movie theater uh, a year after I graduated high school. So uh, maybe I'll check it out on Pluto. Got to like it with the commercials. There's know? two hot chicks in it, dude. So go, go right ahead. What, what hot chicks are in it? <laughs> oh, they're not hot. Except what the French girl is, but everybody else is just plain Jane, average, uh, attractive older women. They're not hot. Okay, so there's, one, there's one hot chick. <laughs> yeah. <there's one>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, you have piqued my interest. <laughs> I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Links to all our Patreon and YouTube content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Uh, myself and Adam will be dropping a bunch of stuff from Rhode Island Anime Con, which we'll be attending in a few weeks, so get ready for that. That. Of course, the Patreon, where you can support the show monetarily and get extra exclusive content. And I will recommend that you go to the movies this weekend coming up because there's a lot of movies coming out. Uh, Oppenheimer, which, uh, you know, I, I wasn't super interested in, but then I heard it's supposed to have a ton of Florence Pugh nudity and sex in it. So my <laughs> no. nuclear bomb was going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for that. And, uh, of course, what we'll be reviewing next week on the podcast, which is Barbie. Starring Marco Robbie, and he's Oof. just like me, Ryan Gosling. So that, my friends, is what we were reviewing next week. But that's going to do it for this week on the show. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-host, our special guest, Kevin, from the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Thank you, boys. It was an absolute joy, and I appreciate you having me on. No problemo. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagan. Everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week. For Barbie, good journey. <laughs>